Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, depending on these time zones. From the Asian Islands to the Hawaiian, all the way to the south, straight to the north. And worldwide, this is Coast to Coast with BZ and Art Bell. Today, more open lines and here in the Midwest, right in the heart of Omaha, Nebraska, boy, it is just warm weather. A little breeze, but mostly sunny. And to all those out there who might be Enjoy the weather. You never know when another storm can happen. Well, it is going to see, I guess, the topic in Iowa, the Democrats. They couldn't get a vote in for the Democrats. What is going on with the left side? Um, uh, no news of around the world, I guess. But uh, the uh, NBA All-Star game is coming up soon. February, February 14th through the yes, in Chicago, where they will honor the late great Kobe Bryant and his daughter, did any of you Philadelphia Sixers watch the game last night? I guess the money is blew them out. Sorry. But it was two years ago today that Philadelphia Eagles won Super Bowl 52. All you need is fans out there. Go Eagles. <laughs> Well, since I have no news today to offer, we're going to get the ball rolling with Art Bell open line. Okay. You may be in for a surprise. Just enough with Art Bell next. Open line.
Welcome back to Coast to Coast. Well, things do go. Bump in the night and goosebumps running down the back of your spine. And just about anything will make your shoes fly off. Alright, ready for open line to Dark Bell. Okay. I know you've been wanting some Art Bell. So, just about anything goes, I guess. to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 4th of July, 1995. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, pretty good place for a network, I would say. I bid you good evening from a place where, yes, it is still the 4th of July. Scattered explosions can be heard rendered in the distance as we celebrate 119 years. Excuse me, 219 years. That almost makes us sound old, but we're not. Well, the saga is over. Uh, here's the way it went, folks. Uh, as you know, uh, those of you who listened through the grinding end of yesterday's program, I did not get my cat. I was discouraged, upset beginning to doubt that he was still under there, uh, even though my wife said she heard him answer a couple of times. And uh, so uh, we removed the barbecued chicken from the trap, brought the trap in. Oh, I guess about 11 o'clock uh, in the morning, just before I sacked out at about noon. And we loaded the trap. This time we used the big gun. Brought out the Port Chatham smoked tuna. Or Chatham is now not an advertiser. They'll be back at some point, but uh, they're not an advertiser now. So it's a free ad for them because it worked. 
And uh, so we uh, cranked out the uh, smoked tuna and uh, put that on there and then smeared a little bit of it toward the front of the trap. And nothing. Until uh, just about five minutes before I woke up for the evening, but whoosh, my wife came in and said, guess what? We got him. And we did get him indeed. We have him uh, or her. I'm not sure yet. And uh, so what I've done is a pretty good-sized trap, and uh, we just, you know, the trap has a handle, so we've just carried the trap inside, put our, put down paper, lots of paper in the bathroom, uh, and put the trap down on top of the paper, and put a bowl of food and water into the trap. And uh, it, I'm going to have to call it till I find out otherwise, is a beautiful cat. It's... Uh, uh, young, I'm gonna guess two months old. It's orange and white with blue, very light blue eyes. And it's a beautiful cat. It does not hiss. Uh, it does meow when I go in there and it, we've got the trap covered with a towel and it seems very happy about that. It's dark and quiet in there. And that is where it's going to remain for the rest of its life. No. It'll remain there until tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock when I will call and I will beg a local veterinarian to give it the appropriate tests, shots, and cleanup before it gets anywhere near my cat. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. We have our cat. Final victory. God, it feels so good. And um, so that's uh, tomorrow morning at uh, 8 o'clock or first crack of dawn as soon as they're open. Why? Uh, this cat, I, I don't know if it's a he or she, I have no way of knowing, um, goes down to the vet and takes the first step in becoming domesticated and clean and uh, able to um, interact with my other cat, who now, no doubt, is going to be really ticked off. <laughs> Although he's not going nuts about it yet. The problem is, you see, this uh, particular uh, bathroom is adjacent to my studio, so cat's about 10 or 15 feet away from me, really. And if my cat and that cat get going during the night, you may have something to hear. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, so there it is. Uh, it is either the ending of the saga or more likely the beginning of another saga as we try and domesticate this beastie that, uh, you know, it's only a couple months old and it's been living under our house for, I'm going to guess, two or three weeks at least. And so... Uh, I guess I feel like we rescued him and uh, her, but whatever. And I'm very, very pleased about it. It's a great relief. Now my life can go on to other things. I mean, it's not as though I don't have anything to do. I do a five-hour-a-night talk show. I do a sixth night of Dreamland. I'm in the middle of writing a book. You have no idea um, what this book thing entails. It's incredible. Uh, photographs, uh, uh, Writing, 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 writing. Oh boy, it's really something to do. And I'm in the, you know, I'm in the very difficult stages of it right now. How many of you have tried to remember your, your incidents and things in your early childhood? Can you? Can you remember? I can remember a couple of things from the crib. That's pretty good, huh? From the crib. I can actually remember that. I wonder if that's good or bad. Probably good. 
Uh, so anyway, uh, there it is, the saga of the cat. And as I say, my, my life has a lot going on in it, so I'm very pleased, very pleased, and I'm sure many of you are who probably don't want to hear any more about it. So we've got him, or her. <laughs> You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 4th, 1995. All right, um, the 4th of July. Now, in case you're wondering, we're here live. A lot of other shows, or even most, are um, issuing repeated versions. I choose not to do that on holidays. I would uh, prefer to be here. And so here I am. 219 and still kicking. The USA indeed turned 219 today. It was marked by the usual parades, fireworks, celebrations, uh, that sort of thing. As a matter of fact... Uh, here are, I don't usually do this, but uh, these are some pretty interesting facts about this 4th of July. This 4th of July, 31.8 million of you out there are out on the streets driving. Many of you at this hour drive safely. It's a lot of people. Gas prices, accordingly, have gone up to the highest uh, point at this time of the year in years. An average of 1.22.8 cents per gallon. 65% of all gas stations uh, have been open, taking advantage of the 31.8 million drivers. 80,000 tons of pork ribs um, have been or are being consumed. 100 get this 115 million pounds of fireworks will go off um, costing 300 million dollars 300 million dollars up in smoke but we're having fun right these fireworks will injure over 9000 people 75% of that number will be men. Not exactly sure what that means. But probably all it means is that as a general rule, rule, women enjoy going back and watching fireworks and are scared to death of them. And so most men set them off. It does not mean, as the snide anchor on NBC seemed to imply by his refusal to comment on this, uh, that men are dumber than women when it comes to fireworks. I mean, more guys set off fireworks. Girls just, they like watching. Ooh, you know, that's pretty. But they don't enjoy lighting the fuse and running. Now, that's the fun part of it. Lighting the fuse and running. Or if you're a real fool, do what I usually do, and that's get a Coke bottle and launch bottle rockets holding it in your hand. You know, and you end up with sort of a blackened, singed hand when it's all over. Or they blow up in your face. Guys are possibly dumber. Uh, fireworks are banned in ten of the U.S. states. Elsewhere, varying forms of them are legal. Here in, the, in my uh, county in Nevada... We have legal bang-type fireworks. We are one of the few where you can still buy those. 
Matter of fact, they've got uh, one firework place here. Sells them year-round. Tells you how big they are here. So, about, uh, July 4th, the question, of course, we're 219 now. How much older do you think we will get? Here's a good question. The people of Oklahoma City used the day to thank America for all the help given during the uh, tragedy there. The American flag in Oklahoma City raised to full staff again for the first time today. Now, you'll recall immediately after the bombing, our president said justice would be swift, certain, and severe. And that was the solace uh, some of the victims' families in Oklahoma were taking today. I would like to ask you if you think, in fact, justice will be swift, fast, in other words, um, certain, uh, and severe. I think all three uh, categories are not unnecessarily likely. Swift, well, they're already moving very slowly. Trial will probably take forever, citing OJ. Certain. Uh, is it certain you get a conviction when you kill your parents with a shotgun? No. No. Is it certain you get a conviction uh, when you are accused of uh, uh, killing your wife and, and some other guy? No, not at all certain. So is justice certain? No. Severe? Well, that depends on whether it is certain, doesn't it? Um, I imagine if there would be a conviction, yes, uh, that part of it might be true. It would be severe. There would be a severe sentence. I'm getting a lot of information, uh, background information, on the, uh, uh, the bombing in Oklahoma City. And I'm going to hold it um, for now. KPOC Television in uh, Punk City, Oklahoma. Uh, along with a general, uh, general Parton, I understand, a nuclear and a nuclear expert, uh, and that should suggest something to you, are uh, preparing a special that will air, and uh, there is a lot of talk of an independent investigation in Oklahoma. A lot of people want it, including the legislature there, and maybe that will help us get to the bottom of this. Who knows? A problem for the president? Oh, here's a big one. This is a really big one. Bill Clinton absolutely, positively, cannot get elected without carrying the state of California. Without California, Bill Clinton is nothing more than a well, a new Arkansas resident, I guess. California will very likely not re-elect Bill Clinton if he closes McClellan Air Force Base, and herein lies a big problem. No president has ever ruled against the very much non-political commission that was set up to decide which military bases should close. No president has dared interfere with their verdict yet. Now, at stake, many thousands of jobs, 
near Sacramento, which will be gone. And as a result, there will be many angry, very angry voters. During a recent visit to California, that area, President Clinton all but promised to keep the base open. Now, the White House, desperate, is beginning to talk about some kind of deal. In other words, that, well, then maybe we'll close the base. But many of the 11,000 jobs that would be lost would, he said, be passed on to the private sector and remain in California. It is indeed a desperate attempt to save California jobs and President uh, Clinton's job. They had a rally uh, near Sacramento, and one of the signs that somebody uh, was holding up caught my attention. It said simply, McClellan 95, as in McClellan Air Force Base, Mc McClellan 95, Clinton 96. <laughs> Subtle, huh? Nobody likes the compromise. The people in California don't like it. The workers there say it's a joke. There's no guarantee that once the base closes, those jobs will stay in California at all. Many have left, and uh, many companies leave California because the cost of doing business there doesn't make you want to stay. So they say that's no kind of compromise. Phil Graham, uh, up in New Hampshire right now, slammed the president for playing politics with base closings. Now, to give you an idea of the seriousness of the problem for the White House, California Democrats say the stakes are much higher if, uh, if he doesn't keep McClellan open. In other words, he's going to lose the presidency. Either he messes with the base-closing uh, verdict, or he's going to lose. Senator Dianne Feinstein, Democrat, California, said, echoed those uh, sentiments, saying, quote, absolutely, absolutely, he can't win the presidency without California. If he tries to save McClellan Air Force Base, he would, in fact, be the first president to inject politics into base closings. If he doesn't, it's a one-way ticket to Little Rock. So... I'm sure that you sympathize with this president's political dilemma. My question to you is, what do you think he will do? I ask you again, what do you think he will do? Do you think he will order uh, McLennan, Mc, Mc, McLellan rather, uh, closed, um, doing, quote, the right thing, end quote, or do you think that he will cave into the incredible political pressure of the possible loss of California if he just closes uh, it up? So then he will keep it open, thinking he will keep his job. The problem with that is everybody else except the people near Sacramento, of course, who have personal feelings uh, about all of this, everybody else all around the rest of the country is going to look at this president and say, what a lizard, what a chameleon. Man, this guy will do anything to keep his job. And, of course, these people would be correct. He will, as you know, do anything to keep his job. So I'm betting uh, he tries to keep it open. I think uh, for him it will be a very dangerous thing to do.
Well, it's dangerous either way, frankly. Uh, mysterious fumes have overcome more people at Tokyo's main railway station again Wednesday. Police say they found a device, get this, folks, uh, a device that would have unleashed cyanide gas at, an, at a nearby subway station. Police said the device could have killed thousands of travelers, as many as 8,000. Good Lord, 8,000. So, you know, you think we've got trouble here, and we do, but that's big trouble. That's somebody trying to, well, of course, we had mass murder here, too, didn't we, Oklahoma. I wonder if the Japanese uh, virginity is about gone. Cultural virginity, if you will. I think so. Uh, every Japanese newscast when I was uh, in Tokyo, and I was in the subway system. Don't think I didn't think about it uh, in Tokyo. I was very much in it for quite a while. And I thought about it. It's very clean, very beautiful, uh, and apparently now very dangerous. So has their cultural virginity gone now? Yeah, I think it's on the way. Ah, uh, the price of modern society. And, and that brings me very nicely into my next topic, which is the Unabomber. A Berkeley University professor has now responded to a letter, the, uh, you know, the big uh, manifesto that the Unabomber has sent out to now, uh, the Times, the Post, Gucciani, and now this Berkeley professor. And so he responded, um, his name is Professor Tom Tyler, and he said in an open letter to the Unabomber, published in the San Francisco Chronicle, that he, quote, shares the Unabomber's concerns about modern life, but uh, noted that uh, violence makes people resist change, end quote. Um, and I was wondering... You know, all the Unabomber's deeds, evil deeds aside, how many of you would also say you share um, the Unabomber's concerns about modern life? From the Internet to movies and television, pollution, deforestation, uh, whatever your concerns are, uh, computers, uh, about modern life, and there's a lot to be concerned with, not all bad, uh, would you say you share his concerns, and to what degree? I mean, here's a guy who has killed over it, apparently. And um, uh, so uh, to what degree do you share his concerns? I I'm sure not enough to go out and bomb anybody. But do you have some sympathy with the apparent contents, or the alleged contents, since I have not seen them, of his uh, wordy manifesto that the Post or New York Times may publish. I'm Art Bell, and we'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time.
Now, we take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Just about ready to rock. This fact's just in. Art Clinton will interfere with the base closings in California only long enough to be able to promise that the related jobs will not be lost. Then, hopefully, the people in their wisdom will remember his lack of credibility and vote against him anyway. So there you are. From a magazine called Earth Systems Monitor, uh, a title, uh, an article entitled NGDC Monitors Frequency of Recent Destructive Tsunami Events. Uh, it begins in a way I thought, you know, we have this constant discussion about earthquake frequency and all the rest of it. And here's a little more evidence. The last three years have seen an unusual apparent increase in the frequency of destructive tsunami events. First, a group of three very destructive tsunamis occurred in the months between September of 92 and July of 93, resulting in more than 1,300 deaths. After an 11-month period, a second series of five destructive tsunamis began in June of 94. No other 2.3-year period since the turn of the century has had eight destructive tsunamis. Uh, so I just thought you would all be interested in hearing that little bit of quickening info. And somebody sent this fax, a good topic for discussion. I do not believe this made the national news. And I should hasten to add, I can't, I have no way of knowing if this is true. Okay? Uh, we'll confirm it. Uh, but here we go. I do not believe this made the national news. President Clinton spent a portion of his day losing, quote, his money, end quote, my money, your money, gambling it away on the riverboat casinos here in Kansas City. I'm not sure this is appropriate for the president of the USA to take part in gambling, being there are a lot of voters who oppose this type of thing. Could it be he picked Kansas City to do this, uh, this thing um, because it's Bob Dole country? And he knows the voters here will most likely not vote for him anyway. So can anybody confirm that? Was the president really gambling on uh, July 4th on a riverboat in Kansas City? No kidding. Anyway, uh, may not be true. It's a fact. I mean, who knows? People in Kansas City uh, know, I guess. Foxer is definitely right, though. Uh, it's not known nationally. I haven't heard it. All right, one other little item. Um, in preparation for doing this book that I'm doing, I had my mom, who did a great deal of work, rescue all kinds of articles about her early Marine Corps career. Um, God, I... Family photographs and everything. And uh, she did a wonderful job, and I got this giant package of stuff. And... Um, I, I'm a computer enthusiast, as you know, and I do a lot of photo scanning now of my own, and I've become fairly good what I do. And uh, here comes this picture of my dad on Guadalcanal. He was the uh, in the first Marine Division that hit Guadalcanal, and um, there was a picture of him with his uh, rifle in uh, fatigues. Um, with his cap, marine cap, uh, 
It's got all kinds of uh, camouflage-type stuff sticking out of it, looking all, for all the world like John Wayne. <laughs> and I spent a couple of hours reviving this picture, and I have brought it back to life. It is no doubt one that's going to be published in the book, but I thought I would put a little teaser up there. It's such a cool picture that uh, if anybody wants it, it's up on our bulletin board as of right now. And it is titled Dad, D-A-D-M, which stands for Marine, dot G-I-F. Dad M dot G-I-F. And I would love to talk to one of you who manages to download it and get a good, you know, get a good, uh, uh, get a good look at it and uh, call me up and tell me if that isn't John Wayne. <laughs> I mean, he's got a John Wayne look to him. Um, he also, uh, a related, uh, well, there's plenty of newspaper articles in there about uh, my dad's views on the Battle at Guadalcanal, and he was uh, very much in the thick of it. At any rate, uh, that photograph is on our bulletin board service. Uh, bear in mind, uh, this is a very, although I did a pretty good job, but it's a very old, f very old f photograph. And uh, I'd just be interested in what you think, and uh, you can take a look at him, see if he looks like me. Hi there. On the west of the Rockies line, you're on the air. Good morning. I'm honored. <laughs> well, good morning. I'm, I'm getting uh, to appreciate how vast your listenership is. It's really hard to get in. But um, this is um, Portland. My name is Miriana. I've called you a few other times. Oh, uh, yes. Um, a couple of things. I wanted to respond to the gentleman that called um, yesterday from Hawaii, and he was seemed thoroughly confused as to why Serbia doesn't want the UN to leave in Bosnia. There's three basic reasons. Um, they get indirect help with ethnic cleansing. They go into a town and say, you know, you get these people out of here or we'll shoot them. Yeah. Um, they get food and medicine either by hijacking the trucks or the UN gives them a percentage of what they get. And most importantly, uh, as, far, as long as the UN is there, they don't get bombed. So that's basically it in a nutshell. I don't know if that's, that's too simple. I mean, a major... Well, you right? gave me lots of good, solid reasons, and all of them are true. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be tough. If we have to go and pull the U.N. out... We won't. I mean, Clinton doesn't want to touch this with a 10-foot ball. He's trying to ignore it, which is really stupid, but... Yes, I but think he he'll... can't, though. Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, can't. a lot of the people who call and say this man owes a lot of his allegiance to the U.N., these people are right. Well, he does. I think what he'll do is he'll just get tell the Europeans not to ask, okay, or create a crisis yeah. of some kind where you know he do, he kind of does something that looks okay. But my other thing, um, on the well, I'll, I bet you he's already telling them, please don't right. ask. <laughs> don't ask. And, um, this is a change of subject, but on, on on your alien line, thank you. I was trying for days to get it in, but. One person called in, and it piqued my curiosity. You can answer this off the air. Um, he asked you if they are, if some of them were real, and whether you thought they were. And you said a few of them really uh, gave you the heebie-jeebies. I did say <laughs> if that. If you could elaborate on a couple, or maybe give me an idea. Okay. Well. Uh, well. All right. Um, you know, not really. I mean, you had to hear it. Uh, I've had the alien line open. I don't know. Last year, maybe half dozen times I would say and a couple of those times a couple called in that sounded frankly real I mean either they were great actors um, or they were aliens who knows who knows 
I just open the alien line and I see what I get. But yeah, there were a couple that um, giving you the particulars wouldn't be easy. You know, the actual things they said. It was more the way they said it and the sound of the voice and the sincerity and the, all the rest of it. Uh, the aliens we had on the alien line the other night were rank amateurs. Uh, we might have had one good one or two good ones, but most of them were, uh, I don't know, sounded like they were celebrating the fourth early or something. So you just, you take what you get on the alien line. You, you never know, night to night, just like the rest of the lines. You never know, night to night. Wild card line, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, Art. This is Bob calling from Redondo Beach. Hello, Bob. Hi, how you doing, Art? I have, I can make this real short. You mentioned about the uh, guy who built the Lear jet, mentioned about the light at the end of the tunnel. John Lear. Yeah, well, I had a weird experience. I'm going to write you about it, but to make it real short, uh, it was actually outside of Las Vegas. There was uh, blinking lights, and I was with the person driving. was probably the crazy, and, and all of a sudden we realized, we, you know, we start saying we're in another dimension. Time seems to stop, and there were these blinking lights. And I said, "That's the light." And I, I, my inclination was to go for it, and he stopped, which really surprised me. And then all of a sudden, when he stopped, it became normal, and in in street. What 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 it what. It became normal. Like it looked like there was an accident with police action, and everything else. Oh, I see. And, and and he stopped, and he, he and it became normal. Like even more alluring when, when he stopped to turn around, and I and and I go look the streets up here. He goes no, no, he gives it to trick, and and sure enough, when he made the U-turn, I looked back and there was nothing there, and I said, why didn't you go for it? He goes because nobody invited us. He goes I knew we were all right where we were. Well, well. How do you know, though, that if you had not gone forward, you'd have gone to the land of light, and by turning around, you have returned to hell? I don't know. I would have went for the light. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for the story, sir. <laughs> there are those who think that uh, this is hell on earth. You know, this is hell. Things can only get better from here. It's uh, sort of a kind of an attitude, but uh, oh well. On the west of the Rockies line, you're on the air. Art Bell, Jerry in Sacramento. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I found a little cat yesterday, and it, you know, it kind of uh, re reminded me of your experience. And I got a twenty cans of salmon. And I put it on the back porch. I don't want animals in the house. You, you put how many cans? I've got twenty cans of salmon, chum salmon. Uh, you put 20, 20 cans of salmon on the back porch? Yeah, no, they're they're in, in the in the storage room. Oh, I see. Uh -huh. And it was never given to me. And the kids were throwing this small kitten around, you know. and Throwing you know, it around? Yeah, they were throwing it around, so I went out and got it. And, uh, well, I saw a kid throw a, a cat. Uh, and so I put him on the back, you know, when he animals in the house because, you know, the shed and everything else. And the cats have a way of, you know, uh, marking their, you know, their territory. And yes. So I got him on the back porch, put him in an old blanket, I fed him some salmon, and he just inhaled the salmon. And he crawled right up in the little blanket on the chair back there, and he, he slept there like, you know, you know, he was at peace, you know. And he, well, you know now he, he, sir, is yours. He's your cat. Good luck. He's now your responsibility. I believe, I believe in fate. Do you believe in fate? I believe in fate. Not uh, predestination so much. Uh, there is a difference, I believe, between predestination and fate. And I do believe in fate. And uh, it was 
fate that brought this cat to me, fate that placed him under my house, and um, fate that uh, I've got him now. And so uh, he is my cat. He is now my responsibility, as that little furball is now yours. <laughs> You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 4th, 1995. Back to the lines. First time caller line. You're on the air. Hi. Hello. How are you doing tonight? I am doing fine. 219 years old. Can you believe it? Uh... Yeah, I can believe it. I mean, that, you know, that's not actually very old for a country. Uh, sounds impressive to somebody who only lives to be 70 or 80, but it's, it's not, for a country, it's not old. Well, this is Nomad from Beaverton, Oregon. Beaverton. They nicknamed me Nomad. But anyways, uh, I guess we, uh, we have lost our cultural virginity. Yeah, I could say that. I mean, I, as a matter of fact, this morning I was, Watching TV and you know, I don't even I don't even know where I came up with that phrase. It just seemed about right. I mean, the Japanese seem like they are in the in the process right now of losing their cultural virginity, and they really had Japanese were serious cultural virgins. Yep. But modern life and pressure and all the rest of it obviously has descended on Japan. They've got the subway people. We got the Unabomber. Anyway. I, I have to tell you something. Tell me what you think of this. Um, a, a close, very close friend of mine, um, got, she got pregnant about two months ago. She's only 16. And uh, yes. she went and got tested at a health clinic. Yes. And right after the test, that was confidential. They didn't tell her parents. She's, you know, she's only 16. Yes. The nurse told her that they could actually offer her an abortion for $35 because she couldn't afford it. Uh-huh. That was one of her choices. Um, would you have any idea who the dad is? Oh, I'm I'm a very good friend of the dad, yeah. Very good friend of yours, huh? Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, she finally got the courage to tell him about a week ago that, you know, she was pregnant. And oh, this good friend of yours a week ago. And what is your good friend's reaction? Well, you know, the, oh, the dad? Uh-huh. Well, he, you know, he, he didn't really want to go and get an abortion. He, he kind of, he was shocked, <clears throat> shocked with it. Shocked. You know, I mean, he, it was this, you know, sweet little angel. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden she comes up to him and says, Dad, I'm pregnant. Uh-huh. But he, you know, he didn't. He no, 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 no. No, you're missing my point. Uh-huh. Not her dad. I'm, I'm sure he'd be upset. No, the, the dad of the, uh, the father of the child, as it were. Oh, 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 okay. Uh-huh. Well. He, you know, is taking responsibility for it. Uh, kind of had a talk with him about a couple of weeks ago. Well, I mean, what what does that mean? Does that mean he wants to have the child, or he's going to provide the thirty bucks? Well, no, he wants to have the child. He doesn't want to, you know, get, he doesn't want to get an abortion. That's I absolutely see. out of the picture. I see. They're we're more on a conservative side than you know. A liberal side. It just shocked me that. Well, let me, I, let me give you my answer. I would give absolutely, in this case, uh, not one word of advice. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. This is Sam from West Kentucky. Yes, sir. 
Um, Ghost, just all right. Uh, take a picture of Ghost, scan it, put it up on your BBS. I've I've already I've already done it. Um, great, great. Actually, you know the picture that I took. I'll tell you. This will strike everybody as horrendously egotistical, but it was just meant to be funny. Um, Ghost is now, as I told you, on the bathroom floor uh, with a newspaper down in the, in the cage with uh, food, and, food and water. So I went in and I put my foot on the cage and gave the fist of power sign while my wife took his photograph. <laughs> Maybe I'll put that one up on the, on the floor. And unfortunately, um, yes, the UN did lead our parade here in Lexington. Oh, uh, you're, uh, you, you've got to be kidding. No, sir, I'm not. Um, what was the reception like? I'll be honest with you, I worked third shift. I did not, by the time I got up, the parade was over, so I didn't really get to catch it. There was nothing about it on the evening news. Though. That's totally disgusting. You know, why didn't I hear about this last night, darn it? I asked, I said, is it true? Somebody, I tried. <laughs> you tried, yeah, I understand. Um, so the U.N. led your 4th of July celebration parade in Lexington, Kentucky. The mayor figured she could kill two birds with one stone, uh, some kind of anniversary or something for the U.N. She figured she could combine them both, I guess, try to save the city a little money. I mean, you've got to be kidding. No, sir, I'm not. I wish I were. <laughs> you know, I wonder if they'll want to change the name of the day eventually to... Uh, International Day, maybe. How about that? Independence Day, International Day. That they sort of kind of rolls right off tongue, same way there. Independence Day, International Day. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to make an apology. I had trouble connecting to your BBS, and I heard you make a statement the other day about it might be your comm software. Yes. And I said to myself, Ah, he's full of it. Well, I oh, tried. Now I can connect. Well, okay. see, there you are. All right. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. A lot of people think I'm full of it, sir. And to some degree, I probably am. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Eric. Yes. Uh, this is Shannon in Spokane, Washington. Spokane, KGA. Yep. And, uh, well, I, was, I just heard what you were saying about the, uh, about how you caught the cat. Well, there's no question about it. He's in there. <laughs> yep. Going, my, uh, to, going to the vet in the morning. Yeah. And uh, my uh, my family has uh, mice living around our house. Mice? Mice. Well, then you need a cat living under your house. Well, we, we have four cats, but they're living right next to where the uh, where the, the dog we have uh, lives, and so the cats won't go in there and get the mice. Well, what good are they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We like them. We've had them for years. Yeah, I understand. But we have we have mice traps that work a lot like the traps that you had for your uh, for your uh, cat. Oh God, the, it, was, it was so satisfying. The, the mouse comes in, you know, and it, it, its weight closes the door. And then what do you do with the mouse when you catch it? I take it. Uh, I, I take it over to the. Uh, your one of your neighbors, probably, huh? Oh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. Well, look, I, I've got to run. I, we're way out of time here. Um, I, yeah, I've, I've trapped a couple of mice, and I, I don't kill them. I uh, generally put them in a little bottle with a hole punched in it and carry them as far away as I can from my house and uh, let them run free in the field. <sighs> I don't believe in uh, in killing. I just don't. 
And I know that puts me at odds with many, but to me, life is life, and it is really precious, and I really mean it. We'll be right back. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. take a break as well we'll be right back for open lines somewhere in time with art bell <laughs> presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 4th of July, 1995. Well, now we're 119 going on 100 and, excuse me, 219 going on 220. It's hard to think of uh, those sorts of ages, isn't it? Even though it's short, it's long compared to human life. 200, 219 years for a nation. We're but a kitten. A kitten in nationhood. Uh, talking about anything you want to talk about, uh, I've got about 12 topics out on the table. I'll roll them past again at about, uh, in about another hour. For now, back to the lines directly. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yes. Hello? Hello. Yeah, I'm calling from uh, KSFO territory in Why? Northern California. San Francisco. Yeah. I was just calling to point out that uh, even though I'm, I'm certainly on the side of people in our area that need jobs and people that work for military bases, this notion of uh, Diane Feinstein and Barbara Boxer, yeah. uh, you know, and Clinton yes. engaging this uh, this political uh, chicanery over base closing. Well, I heard Feinstein yesterday say, absolutely, absolutely, the president cannot win without California now. He's between a rock and a very hard uh, uh, place. Indeed, uh, what does he do? Does he close McClellan, or does he, for the first time in all of history, tamper politically with the non-political base-closing commission for his own hide? You know what I think? I think he loses either way. <laughs> you know, I think he mismanaged it. But it's really like some of these people, like uh, we call her Schweinstein uh, uh, up here, but... Uh, uh, you know, she she when she was mayor, you know, they didn't want this battleship based in San Francisco. All these people, they were saying, well, we hate you know the military, blah blah blah. But now that these defense contractors and bases are closing, you know, and they're losing tax revenue, and that's so why that's sir, they that's, changed their tune. Yes, yeah, why they call them politicians. Yeah, we'll have a happy Fourth uh, of July, and and uh, I'm personally, I mean, with, with what you were pointing out about China selling weapons and 
North Korea selling weapons. I, I think we need to keep our military strong. That's, uh, a, that's a good point of view. Uh, there's a, thank you, a good argument that we're going too far with the base closings. And uh, frankly, I think that is a good argument. It is not, however, the president's dilemma. He, 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 personally, um, he doesn't much like the military. Everybody knows that. I, I'm sure he'd just soon see it close. Has nothing to do with that. Has to do with his political future. He's got to have California. Without California, the man is nothing but another guy from Arkansas, you know. Well, that's not true. He'd be ex-president. But uh, he's got to have California. Now, if he closes the base, people in California are going to be truly upset with him. And he'll probably lose California and the presidency. On the other hand, if he keeps the base open and messes around politically with what a non-political uh, committee has decided, then he's going to be seen as a guy saving his own political hide. But then on the other hand, that's never bothered him before. So <laughs> it's a real dilemma. What do you think the president will do? Will he opt to save McClellan or his own hide? Well, actually, uh, it's one and the same. Or maybe it is. I mean, th there is the rest of the country, and they could see this as a very, very a partisan political manipulation of the military for political gain type decision. So, I don't know. I think he loses either way. It breaks my heart. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Yes, sir. I can barely hear you, sir. Yes, this is uh, Don from uh, Austin. Don from Texas. Austin, Texas. Boy, you got to get a better phone down there, Don. Well, I'm at work here. Oh, that's better. You just talk right into it. All right. Uh, Art, uh, I enjoy your show. Thank and, you. Uh, a while back, uh, you told a, a caller that you considered yourself a futurist? I think so. Uh, to some degree, I guess, yes. And uh, I was wondering, uh, A, do you also consider yourself a survivalist? Yes. And B, I mean, I, in other words, I want to be careful here. Um, I am a survivalist. In other words, to me, having certain things on hand uh, for an emergency is not exactly the way you think of a survivalist. You know, I don't go marching about in fatigues waiting for the big one. But I've got medical supplies. I've got food supplies. I've got uh, weapons. I've got uh, the things that somebody would need if they needed them, if you know what I mean. So I think yes. it's just practical. Yes, sir. And the uh, second part to that, I was, uh, I was wondering, how does ham radio, how do you think ham radio uh, fits into that picture? Very well, thank you. Um, in other words, uh, yeah, I'm a ham radio operator. In any disaster, in any disruption, for all of history, that you know, we've had hams, hams have been an integral part of it. Many times when no other communication gets out, I mean no other, hams do. End of story. Okay. I was just curious about that because uh, I was considering uh, getting into that as a hobby. And uh, Well, it's a wonderful hobby, sir. Thank you. You know what I would like to do? And uh, maybe somebody up uh, in the uh, Bay Area um, Commission, the FCC, um, would be kind enough to send me some sort of response on this. 
I would like to do one night a show on ham radio. But you know me, I don't want to do it the way everybody else has done it. And I am very fortunate, uh, many of you may not know, I broadcast from my home. And in my room I have, I have it divided into three segments. One segment, uh, one side of the wall, is all a broadcast studio, the one I'm speaking from right now. The second half of the room is my ham setup, and the third is my computer setup. And I've got a sort of a little runway uh, that my wife built. I, I'm not good mechanically. I'm good electri electrically or, you know, with things electronic, but I, I don't, I'm not worth a damn mechanically. My wife used to be a carpenter, so she built me a runway, a very thick uh, plywood uh, covered with... Uh, uh, you know, the kind of tile you'd find in your kitchen, and I've got a little chair, and I can literally move. Well, here, it gives you an idea. Watch this. There. Now I'm sitting in front of my ham station, and I've got a nice long cord on my mic, and here I am uh, back at the broadcast. So it's that close. And I thought it would be really fun, and fun for the listeners, if we could actually hook up, and I could, I could hook up the audio output of my ham rig and bring it directly here into the board and put the uh, uh, put it on the air. And I could go on the air on 75 meters probably at this time of night and talk to some hams out there and put them on the air with you. The only catch in this is that I'm not sure it's legal. <laughs> So I would like to get a ruling from the commission on whether something like that would be uh, legal to do. And if it is, then I think I just might do it. Wouldn't that be fun? You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 4th, 1995. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, how you doing, Art? Okay. I uh, just turned my radio down there. Don't want to, like, let that interfere. Uh, my name's Paul. I'm in the New Haven area listening to you on 1300. New Haven, Connecticut. That's us. Yes, excellent. Uh, congratulations on your cat. I sent you a fax a few nights back. I'm not sure if you got that. It mentioned a little television show that I run. I'm not going to say that on the air, though. Oh, uh, I did get it, yes. Okay, just Thank making you. sure. Um, enjoy your show quite a bit. We'll do it here every night. I do the night shift over at... Uh, By the way, your photograph comes through quite well on oh, Fox. Oh, did that look good? good? Yeah, yeah. Did you say that you also have a bulletin board system that you run yourself? Oh, no. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm not that dumb. I ran a bulletin board. Uh, I ran one for years. I know what's entailed. Oh, I see. Uh, there's a man across town, very nice guy uh, here in town in Brump, who is running it. It's mm -hmm. a multi-node uh, system. It's really hot stuff. I see. Yeah, I just uh, called up to make you aware, too, that there's, like, a chat group on uh, the Internet also that, you know, the people uh, are pretty much discussing you on there. That's what I've heard. There's an IRC chat group. And uh, go ahead and tell them, how do you get to it? Well, I get to it from a connection, a local host connection. You know, I, I call up and use my modem through my computer, which is a cheesy little computer. I won't even mention the name of that. But, uh, you know, I guess other people are, can get their Internet connections through... Uh, through, uh, you know, universities or wherever, you know. Yes, whatever. but I mean, once on the, uh, is it on the web? 
Well, actually, the, the group is on uh, Internet Relay Chat, mm -hmm. which is the Internet. IRC, yeah. Yep, IRC. So and, um, how would they get to it? Um, they connect to a server. Uh, the way that I do it is, you know, I just type in server, and then, you know, uh, I think mine goes to Boston University. And, you know, as long once they connect with the server, a screen comes up showing them, you know, the various areas that they can enter. And it's a pretty interesting thing. And, uh, but, I mean, what do, you, what do you type to get to my group is what I'm asking. What do I type? Um, I think it was art-bell. And you always have to put a little number before it, so it's like number sign art-bell. I see. And that's how they find their way into your group. How did you get, get the cat, by the way? I only started listening to you about 20 minutes ago. Well. I'm sorry. Maybe you'll cover that later. <laughs> uh, I promise I'll cover it at the beginning of the next hour. Again. That'll be fine. Okay? Okay, thank, thank you. Because we have uh, several main groups that come in. So um, in order not to have to say it too many times, I'll just I'll retell the story at 1 o'clock, and uh, that should take care of matters. So if you're dying of curiosity to hear the cat story, uh, I'll tell it one more time um, at 1 a.m. I may even provide a demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I've been thinking about that. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. West of the Rockies. Hi, Art. Hello. I had a question concerning uh, logging on to your computer. Okay. I always get knocked off in about 12 minutes. I was wondering if you could tell me how I can go somewhere on that thing. Well, uh, what speed modem do you have? Oh, 2400. Yeah, we'll see. That's your first problem. Now, they allow everybody in there for something like 15 minutes free once a day. Uh, if you want more time, you join. It's 10 bucks or something, big deal, for a year. Um, that gets you a lot more time. In the meantime, what you could do is to get a real modem. Now, I, I don't mean to insult your 2400, but that technology went, uh, went by many years ago. Well, that sounds like a good answer to my question because the first very very first time I got on I it said I could stay on 30 minutes and I downloaded your biography yes and I was going to check out some of your pictures your gift files you know right and next time like last night I was on there and I couldn't get out of that first menu book there so I didn't know how to do that and then the, when I left email I, I tried calling tonight and it didn't have any time. It wouldn't even let me check the mail or nothing. So why not? I don't know. It uh, disconnected me like in within a minute. So after logging. Huh? Well, something must have happened. So um, uh, I would say um, try again. I'll do that. All right, my friend. Thank, Thank you. you. There, you know, there are many uncertain things in uh, the world of bulletin boards and modems, and there are many modems out there, and there are not. You know, there is sort of a standard, but they're all a little bit different, and it makes it very difficult. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, good morning, Art. Good morning, sir. This is Kevin in Houston again. Yes, sir. Yeah, i got to apologize for um, the other night I, I actually called twice. I don't know if you caught that. No, I, I didn't. I just wanted to confess that. I promise not to do it again. Well, that's good. You know, eventually, I, I'm, I'm pretty good with uh, voices, so I would have caught you eventually. Uh, yeah, well, I have a goofy little laugh that uh, sometimes sometimes squeezes out of me that you might have recognized. But Con um, confession is good for the soul. Yeah, um, I was uh, had a question about. You said uh, you were talking about um, mice that you usually like to try to catch them and let them go. 
And I have a, a mouse. Well, I don't, no, I, I don't. Look, if there's a mouse in the house, and that's happened twice, um, my big 17-pound cat chases the mouse around yeah. and licks it. Yep. You know? And then makes it run and chases it again and licks it some more. Doesn't mm -hmm. want to eat it or kill it. Just licks it and plays with it. Probably and so, terrifies it a so bit. I let him catch the mouse. Yeah. And then I get it in a little jar and I punch holes in the jar. Oh, and I, okay. I take the jar as far away from the house as I can right. and turn it loose. I thought maybe you had a, a, a little mouse uh, trap, that non non uh, harming mouse trap that you that you use. No, the ones reliable. that are the, the ones are outside. I don't care. Let them be outside. Yeah, my my girlfriend discovered a couple of days ago that we have a little fellow running around the bedroom, so <laughs> trying to figure out how to get rid of him without breaking his spine or anything yeah, like that. It's not it's not a good place to have one either. No, I don't. We don't sleep well. I mean, all of a sudden you feel this little wiggly thing. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. What a thought. Well, good luck with it. All right. Well, thanks. Take care. What an ugly thought. You imagine waking up in the middle of the night with a mouse in your bed, huh? A little furry, wiggly thing sort of squiggling down your body in the middle of the night? Mm -hmm. We're talking nightmare there. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, that sounds like a good place. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to uh, say, first of all, I'm uh, 15 years old. I'm a ham radio operator as well. Oh, you are? Yeah, I wanted to... Uh, Wanted to say that, uh, yeah, I got the radio on here, so let me turn it down. Okay, I wanted to say, first of all, I heard about uh, what you were talking about a little bit earlier, about, uh, you know, whether or not it's legal. Yes. Well, I've heard uh, different things say over, you know, 20 meter and such of, uh, you know, people will actually broadcast their show from there. Well. Uh, beginning callers and so forth. Mm, well, I know, but I, you see, I'm going to do a complete cross between ham radio and uh, commercial radio. Okay. And I need a, a ruling on that one. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. I just want to say that... Uh, it would be a great way to promote ham radio. It would be a lot of fun. The people I would talk to would be well aware they were on the air. So if I were the commission, I'd let, us, let me do it. But I don't know if they will. So somebody in the commission, uh, send me a fax or something. Okay, yeah. I uh, just want to say it sounds like a great idea, and I'm a big fan of your show and of uh, Dreamland. You. Uh, uh, try to catch it whenever I can. Thank you. I, I'm I'm a fan too. Okay. Well, uh, thanks. Take care. I really am. I mean, that's why I do it because it's fun. And that's why I do this because it's fun. Hey, listen. If there's anybody, uh, one of the FCC people out there, yes, I know you listen. Of course they listen. If there's anybody in the FCC out there who can tell me whether that's something I can legally do, I'd appreciate it. If I can, I will. You'll enjoy it. Doing it that way, actually putting them on the air so you could hear them, uh, would be a real kick. I just don't, I just don't know if it's legal and I don't want to stick my neck out. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, I'm at, uh, Cedar Spring, Texas. Yes, sir. And I'd like to talk about the base closing situation that Bill Clinton finds himself in. Ah, what a dilemma. Okay, well, here's the way, here's what I think of it and then I'll tell you what I think he should do. I think that um, if he goes ahead and manipulates it and uh, gets the, the civilian jobs there in California and actually changes the decision, it will not hurt him in other states because the people who are against him are already going to vote against him because, you know, the gays in the military, he's a communist, he's a draft dodger, the gat in NASA. they got ten, they got many reasons to vote against him already. So he's not going to pick up any of that way. He will, 
he might have an effect in California. And the competing base that was closed between McClellan uh, was the one in San Antonio, this Kelly Air Force Base, right. and he's already lost uh, Texas to the Republican, probably Pat Buchanan. So he, he gains nothing. He ha he gains um, everything by going ahead and doing his, his little deal and and trying to uh, do what he's going to do to get the jobs in California. But here's the suggestion I have for Bill Clinton. Real quick. Okay. Get these other bases, the empty ones, and put Bob wire on them. Get some helicopters, paint them black, and then round up the, the nuts that call into some of these talk radio shows and, and make their self-fulfilling pro pro promises. Well, yeah, but, sir, remember, you might be the first to hear the whirling blades. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Open minds. Well, I think it is getting late into the hour. We will continue where we left off with open lines on Friday, and we will have open lines marathon all day Friday. So you won't miss any of it. You won't miss any open lines. Because we'll have a marathon. And we will get into next week's topics. <laughs> and I know you guys love topics. I know you love lots of, lots of details. You want everything, don't you? Because that's what you do. Oh well.
let's pause for a couple minutes. Good night. 